If you show up, do your best, and try to make them feel loved each day, then no matter what standards you teach or don't teach, you're a dang good teacher. The topic of today's podcast is Nine Lessons Learned in 2020. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech, tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote and blended learning. Education, Education is our passport to the future. And our quote is, the most valuable lessons cannot be taught. They must be experienced by Liam Payne. So Rena, what resonates for you in that quote? I think for me, it's the word experienced. Um, All lessons learned are valuable. And I have learned a lot of things by reading or from other people in many different ways. But the ones that have been most impactful or embedded, I would say almost in my soul, are those things that I have in fact experienced. Um, And they've really shaped me and really my thinking and how I experience the world. I totally agree with that. Um, But I do think the lessons that we have learned um, in 2020 have been valuable as well, as hard as hard come as they've been. Um, Our teachers have grown so much, not only in technology, but in how to reach students and different strategies and just how important relationships are in education. Um, You know, our students have also grown. They've had to assume greater levels of independence. Um, I'm really interested to see how this impacts and transforms our classrooms when students come back face to face. So am I, Paul. So am I. (laughs) All right. So we have top nine today and we're going to, we're going to each do three. So we'll divide it up. Pam, you get to start. Oh, and it was hard to narrow down to three. It really was. Um, So my first one that came to mind was collaboration. Um, Teaching has always been a heavy lift, and it is an extremely heavy lift right now, and we can't do it alone. And so it's been really inspiring to watch my teachers really um, come together to not only learn together, but design together and grow together. It really made me think about, um, have you seen the YouTube clip from Steven Johnson about where do great ideas come from? If you haven't seen that, it's an interesting one because it's really about this idea that, you know, if I have an idea, you have an idea, they're okay on their own. But if we can kind of mingle, collide, swap those ideas, then they become even stronger and better. And he really talks about how the Internet has really been a revolution because we're able to, you know, collide our ideas even more so. So our teachers, I think we're just growing so much, not only individually, but collectively because of that collaboration. My second one growth mindset. Um, was working with a teacher this morning who was trying to figure out how to use Jamboard for the very first time with her students and it didn't go well. (laughs) And so she reached out for help right away. And it was really powerful to watch the fact that she was embracing being a learner, but also embracing being vulnerable in that learning. And as a result, she was modeling for her students what it is to be a learner. It is messy. It is hard. It is not always easy. But she modeled how we can be positive, persevere, and have that grit and move forward. And so it becomes that learning opportunity. It reflects some in our district, a core value is change is that opportunity for growth. And so we are definitely growing in this change. 
We've had a lot of opportunities this year. Oh my goodness. We've had a lot of opportunities. <laughs> and my third one, relationships. Um, we know as teachers, relationships is key, right? Relationships before learning. I remember about five years ago, a teacher, when we were doing some training around Schoology, our learning management system, and she asked me, do you think at some point that technology or the computers are going to replace us as teachers? And I said, no, because I honestly don't believe that would happen because Computers can't replace that human experience, those things like empathy, those things that our students are looking for us for. And so I think we have definitely experienced in this experience the importance of relationships. And it affirms that um, technology will not replace that. However, I am very grateful that we have the technology um, to help us still maintain those relationships, those connections, and support the learning in hybrid and remote during this pandemic. So those were my three. Those are some good three. And I, I have a feeling we're going to have some overlap. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I totally agree. I was thinking about the story you told about the teacher with the Jamboard and how she was being vulnerable. That's something that a computer cannot do. No. A computer will not say, oh, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Um, they cannot model being human. Mm -mm. And that is, that's just a, a key piece of the educational process. Those kids will probably remember how the teacher responded that day and absolutely nothing about what they learned content wise. Nope. And they learned something that will help them continue to learn and grow um, moving forward past today and past this year. Yeah. And that connects to that Maya Angela quote about remembering the way that somebody made you feel that lasts yeah. forever. Yeah, and oh, I think yeah. that's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess... I'm an, I might have adjusted mine a little now that I've heard yours, but I, I have my top three and there's some, some overlap and some differences. But one thing, I guess number three for me would be to really transform and make student learning active, not passive, even if online. And this has been a lesson learned by many people I've supported and worked with. So it doesn't matter whether this is synchronous or asynchronous. But we need to support students as sense makers and give them opportunities for engagement. And I've seen, I've worked with a team that's really in, embraced project-based learning. How can we do this? And what, I mean, they would, I don't think that they would have done this ever before without kind of these shifts in the environment. So I'm really proud of them. If we're going to talk more about this later, but all types of providing students with choice or flipping the classroom. But how do we make that student learning active? That's probably number three. And then for number two, I'm going to say it anyways, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Hey, it's number two. How come you said it three times? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to reiterate, we truly are stronger together. Um, you can't do it alone. So PLC, PLN, coaches, <laughs> um, more efficient, more effective. Maybe I, there was also a method I was just reading about where they combine classes in a remote environment and there's a lead instructor and then there's a supporting instructor that can really pull kids out into breakout room and they're just reimagining what the classroom can look like through collaboration um, divide and conquer so I'm really seeing this as also districts creating systems to share and support across the district and Paul pointed out I think this is going to fundamentally change things in the future. This isn't just a now, but we've seen some shifts for the better that are going to, to last beyond the pandemic. And my number one 
even in a pandemic, you can find joy and things to celebrate. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and you should. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I've... I've I found joy with my own kids. So I have two first graders and a, and a third grader. And I was telling someone how I, I do work a lot and they're usually go to school and they learn a lot at school and we read with them and do other things, but I don't necessarily get to be part of that or see them kind of transform in front of my eyes. And it's been really prevalent with my first graders because they've essentially learned how to read this year. And I've gotten to witness and be a part of it in a way that normally I never would be if I was working and they were at school because we're kind of doing it together. So that time when I stop and really think about it is precious. I didn't get to have that with my older son and this time with my kids, like we've never had this much time as a family. And although sometimes I needed to just go out into my car and be alone for the most part, I really enjoy just being with them. And I think it's back to, I'm excited about some changes that will change forever and be positive for education. Nice. It's so nice that you get that time with your family, Rena. That's so mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it gives you that insight too into, you know, the students learning experience in a totally different way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing to, to be an observer in a classroom and see somebody else's kids, but to watch your own kids who, you know, inside and out, and you know, their tendencies and you know how they learn but then what's happening with them during that process. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I was thinking what you said, Arena, about project-based learning, and I've always embraced that philosophy. It goes back to the quote about experience, but I was thinking about the fact that it's kind of affirmed in the process here as educators because we are, in a sense, doing project-based learning. So for years, you know, teach about the technology and how to use the technology in the classroom has not gone as far as now here where you authentically need to embrace the technology to be able to do the job. That learning curve and the... Um, depth of that learning is so much deeper because it's project-based learning. It's very authentic. It's very real. And so how can we do that for our students too? I really enjoy that perspective. I haven't thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Not that we would ever ask for a pandemic no <laughs> for the project, but it certainly has helped us grow in a way that, you know, it's very authentic. It's probably the biggest project-based learning project that any teachers had since student teaching. Yeah. <laughs> we all feel like new teachers, don't we? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got three as well. Uh, my first one, although Rena counted down the other way, so I'm going to count down the other way. My third one is they are resilient. Oh, I'm sorry. I should back up. All three of mine are about one thing, and that's <laughs> that teachers are amazing. I should probably probably say that first. Teachers are amazing. So really, my three things are one thing. But the first part of that one thing is that teachers are resilient. Oh my goodness, the growth mindset that they have. I honestly believe that these teachers, our teachers, have faced perhaps the greatest challenge in the history of U.S. education. With little or no no warning, they're thrust into a teaching environment that few, if any, had been prepared for. Uh, Technology was a high mountain to climb for some of them. Strategies needed to be changed. There was so much unknown. We had equity issues that we had to deal with, but they dug in. They worked hard. As Rena mentioned, they collaborated, collaborated, collaborated. <laughs> they shared. They were vulnerable. They took risks. And um, that resiliency is amazing. That's number one of, or no, number three of one. All right. <laughs> they are also innovative. 
So not only are they resilient, but they have been incredibly innovative. I honestly believe teachers have never grown so much in the area of technology integration as they have since last spring. Uh, we did survey results as a district and to watch the percentage of teachers who rated themselves from low up to high within three months was amazing. Never seen growth like that. And we think we did some pretty good PD around tech integration, but it was nothing like that authentic piece that they had. Project-based learning. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And then the biggest one that I think is shown true and clear here, and it's the reason that computers, again, will never replace teachers. Teachers love kids and kids love them back. That relationship is so powerful, so important at all levels. I just saw, actually, I saw a conversation on Facebook yesterday and a teacher posed the question, is it okay to tell my students I love them? Is that appropriate? <laughs> and there was this huge flood of people posting that I do it every day. Um, I maybe didn't say that, but I, you know, I, I felt that way toward them. Um, teachers, we've, we've really seen why teachers do what they do. They love kids. Um, their hearts ached last spring when they were separated for the remainder of the year. They really longed to give those kids a good experience. Um, and this fall, some teachers still never got a chance to meet face-to-face. -face. They had to figure out ways to build relationships through distance learning. And they did. They put that front and center, and that was so powerful. In fact, I'm going to highlight a quote here from Ms. McAlpine. Two of them. These are tweets that just came out here in this last month. The first one she posted, and I, I just love this. It's so authentic. She says, most of us have cried alone in our classrooms at least one point during all of this. That means you love kids and you care. If you show up, do your best and try to make them feel loved each day, then no matter what standards you teach or don't teach, you're a dang good teacher. <laughs> don't let this year convince you that you're not a good teacher. I love Absolutely. And she is an amazing teacher. She really is. Absolutely. And then this was just this week. She posted another one. Her, her posts are like these little brilliant windows into, into this teacher and the teaching experience right now. But she said, um, one of my students who joined my Google meet during help time said, I actually don't need help. I just wanted to ask you how you're doing during all of this. <laughs> I know. And then she she ends the, the post with, we don't deserve kids. <laughs> they are so amazing. Um, those are my three. Those are pretty good. Yes, I they think are. Together, that's, that makes a pretty good top nine. <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, how about how about a couple tools then uh, for tool talk time? So we've got our top nine big takeaways from the year, our yays. And now let's just talk about maybe our top tool for the year. Uh, what's the, the one tool at the core? And I can start. Um, some sort of LMS, I think, because you you have discussions, announcements, calendars, resources, assignments, quizzes, everything in, is in there. It's kind of like your Swiss army knife of teaching. Um, I kind of feel like I'm cheating because it does all those different things. It feels like more than one tool, but that's our virtual classroom. And that's like the glue that holds all the different moving, spinning pieces together. Absolutely. And the one I would add with that is video conferencing tools, you know, Zoom, Meet, because it helps us make those connections with the students and those um, connections for the students with each other, too. We're all starving for that human connection. And so it's our opportunity to see and hear and be with one another, which is so important to learning. Yeah, and I struggle with this. So I just said the Internet, but I didn't think that that was 
That's maybe too big. But I was also thinking of maybe not digital tools, but just really great instructional practices and protocols are probably those tools that have been key. I agree. And you know what? We would not be very in a very good place without the internet. So I think that. No. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned earlier how this really is the most profound change in U.S. education and thinking without the internet, like in the past, when big things, like it was just canceled. Kids just didn't have any access to education. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. how many districts either did not have computer access, they didn't have one-to-one, a lot of them still don't, didn't have yeah. an LMS, mm-hmm. didn't have video conferencing capabilities. Mm-hmm. I know some of that, like when Katrina happened and we've learned a lot, so I'm impressed. <laughs> Despite it all, we're very fortunate. Mm-hmm. It's time for our one thing. Oh, it's our one thing. And you know what? I think it should be the one thing for 2021. So as we look ahead to the next year, um, let's make it a New Year's or a, like a resolution since we're looking into a new year. So what's your one thing for 2021, Rena? <laughs> I think for me, I... I just tend to work and be very, very, very busy. Um, So I think for me, I just need to slow down, breathe deeper, and find joy in the little things and celebrations. And I'm going to try to be better. I I do a pretty good job at communicating that to others, whether it's sending cards in the mail or just sending little emails or even a text message. So that's something I'm going to focus on. Nice. That's awesome. So we're doing New Year's resolutions. What is a New Year's resolution? It's something that goes in one year and out the other. Oh, no. <laughs> I almost did it to the end, Rena. Almost, almost. Almost. Oh, and you know what? Every New Year's Eve, I look forward to a good show at Times Square, and year after year, they drop the ball. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I know you probably am hoping that I'd swear off dad jokes for 2021. I'm not quite ready for that big of a leap yet. But um, seriously, as I look back to 2020, I know that we have lots of challenges. And the one thing I want to be better about going into 2021 is to always be grateful for the good things that are there. You know, we've talked about nine things today that that were amazing about this last year. I need to really focus on on those positives. And those those are gifts in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, self-care, you know, as a mom and a teacher, Irina, I relate to what you said about um, being so busy. I've really struggled to make self-care a priority when I'm weighing against all those other demands of being a mom and a teacher. And I think the pandemic has really emphasized for me the consequences of not making that a priority. So for 2021, I resolved to focus on myself with the intention of not just for myself, but as a result, being a better mom, wife, friend, and teacher because I'm giving myself some priority. That's what I resolved to do. I like that. I like that. Amazing resolutions. I'm going to end with a quote here from Socrates. This is going way back. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So here's to a great 2021 of building the new. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help you bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central. 
for live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote and hybrid learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. You can also call us and leave a message at 858-223-8999. Please share your comments or feel free to ask us a question. Once again, that's 858-223-8999. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. Thanks for listening and have a great week. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do. You make a difference.